Yo, back in the building. What it do, what it do, what it do, what it do, what it do. What it do. All right. Welcome, welcome, one and all, ladies and gentlemen, to Dayton University. It's Thursday. Y'all know what it is. Y'all know what it is. Thank y'all so much, man. Y'all have been doing so many big numbers on the podcast side, man. We love y'all so much. Please continue to watch. Please continue to listen. Please Please continue to share. And speaking of sharing, right now, you know what you need to do. Click the share button. I'm on it, Professor. Click the share button. Get your friends in here. Get your mama in here. Get your daddy and them in here. Get your baby daddy in here. Get your baby (laughs) mother in here. Get your cousins in there. Get everybody in here is what he's saying. All of them. Get everybody in here. Huh? Listen. Oh my goodness, man. We we gotta we are continuing. I'm sorry. Let me stop. I'm getting ready to go all off topic. I'm not doing the house stuff that we're supposed to do. Good evening. Good morning. Good afternoon. Wherever you are, whenever you are. Welcome to Dayton University. I'm your co-host, Professor Charles, along with my beautiful co-host, Professor Brittany. Yes, indeed, where we discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly of all things dating and relationships. Happy Thursday, everybody. Happy Thursday. Happy Best day of the week. Indeed, indeed. Well, shout out to you, DD, for being in the building. Appreciate you, everybody. All right. So, we are continuing uh, our Domestic Violence Awareness Month uh, shows, uh, and we are so, so blessed to bring back our guest from earlier this month, uh, the incomparable, the Mm. resourceful. Oh my gosh, yes. The visionary. Yes. (laughs) The helpful yes. <laughs> Maritza Gabriel of Enough Cries. That, that was like a, such an amazing introduction. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have you next time introduce me for all my events. Oh, oh yes. Listen, listen. <laughs> you know what? That, that is very marketable. Charles has a very marketable voice. So he, he can definitely open up for you. I'm and definitely he, here for it. I'm, yeah. I'm here for yeah. it. I would definitely do that. Okay. <laughs> Charles, <laughs> your voice could take you a lot of places. I'm trying. Look, so listen, general listen. audiences. <laughs> it's like a very teen audiences. You could even go to the triple X audience if you please. Listen, so, I'm trying. I'm trying I'm to break. In, I'm really trying to break into this voice acting situation. You know what I'm saying? So, if anybody got me, you know, gigs or. <laughs> See what we Please gotta do is we gotta bring back we gotta bring back BT's quiet storm. Listen, you there you go. Uh huh. The old folks. Look, I'm showing my age of that one. Yeah, buddy. You've been quiet storm. The quiet storm. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh. Uh, don't hype my head up for real. I'm trying to tell y'all. Sure. Yeah, y'all. If anybody knows any kind of people who hire for voice acting or 
teachers voice acting yo inbox inboxes please yeah <laughs> i need to get yeah. this bread I mean, just you know, for charles my, not me right um, my, my, my future wife expects me to get her a house and stuff so you know <laughs> yeah yeah. Money. <laughs> money. Yep. underneath me for those that are watching um tonight live or even after you um get settled in and decide to tune in tomorrow or next week whenever beneath me is my very own husband mm-hmm. <laughs> thank yeah. y'all thank y'all I'm definitely an uh, honorary professor. You know what yeah. I'm saying? He's mm-hmm. been on the show multiple times. Yes. So he is absolutely <laughs> an alumni. I salute you, sir. Salute he, is, you. Yes. he was on the first <laughs> Man Cave show. You yes. Know. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, yes. And he's actually even hosted his own show right here on Dayton University. <laughs> uh, right around the time when they, you know Darius and Professor Brittany was getting ready to get married. So, man. Yes. Welcome back. Yes, he's been on quite a few times. Sometimes, yeah, when we were dating, we got engaged, and then when we got married, so you've seen the evolution of the Beverly's. Absolutely. Welcome back to the classroom, Professor. Thank you, and I want to wish my beautiful wife a happy two year anniversary because I mean, you know, there's no me without her, so I can say. She is my world. She is a blessing. Wow. Thank you for having me on the show, y'all. And oh, it's look, been look. a it has been <laughs> a sheer <laughs> it has been a sheer joy watching y'all show grow. You know, you guys, when I first met you guys, you guys uh came over and you know, you guys hit the lights and we hit a new phone and then COVID hit. And then, you know, Charles, you stepped up, man, and you found a way to keep it going. You know, so you know, I'm gonna applaud y'all. Cause, you know, I, when y'all when y'all had y'all time out, I used to get on my wife every Thursday. Like, uh, we used to do something on Thursdays. What happened? <laughs> yeah, he. he but I love y'all like show. I, I I truly love y'all show. I, I love seeing y'all grow. You know, of course, me and Britt. You know, we've grown to a married couple. And Charles and you and Didi, it's a straight up joy. You kind of remind me of me and Britt when we first met and whatnot, man. Yeah. And um, dude, you know, it's just. You know, showing black love, man. Showing that people can can get there. Keep it going. Just keep it going. You know. I thank y'all for tonight, man. Cause uh, uh it need to be said. I've been getting myself together all day because I don't want to feel triggered. Okay. You know, but it's a uh, something need to be said. It, so we're gonna ease into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's ease into just, it. Yes. Breathe, breathe, breathe. breathe. Ooh, <laughs> There you yeah, go. <laughs> right. So yeah, I yes. got my purple and whatnot. So you know I'm gonna celebrate after this. Okay. Oh, Happy Purple Thursday. Okay. All right, Derry. Let's get the show. All right, we, we, we ain't gonna do. We ain't gonna do. We ain't gonna right. do that. Let's get the show started, baby. <laughs> they ain't cutting us no check. You heard? So. Oh, um. yeah. I'm not cutting the check already for them. Man, you know, cut y'all check. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> we're gonna jump right into it. Uh, Maritza, you when you were here last, um, you started to talk to us about uh, your story mm-hmm. about domestic violence, your your personal story with domestic violence, and what it led to uh, 
where you are now with uh, your 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 um, your organization uh, enough cries. Um, and when we ended the show, you were telling us that you uh, had an event that was uh, tied to your to your organization. So please, please give us all the details. Like what happened? How did it go? Where was it up? Yeah, so that was my first event ever. Um, I was I was super excited to do it at the same time nervous because I think a lot of people felt that having the event, it was gonna be a depressing event and um, it was just gonna be based on graphic domestic violence. And I wanted to bring to the people that domestic violence doesn't have to be graphic. I wanted them to put the I wanted to put the awareness out there that there's different uh, causes of domestic violence. It was not just physical. And I'm glad and I'm happy that um, I was able to deliver that message. Every we cried, we laughed, we took a break to eat and I saw that everyone was comforting each other. So I, I really was happy with the outcome. Um, it was it was a hard work, but I'm happy with the outcome. I was able to deliver the message that I wanted to deliver and help people um, give them knowledge. If they weren't in a, an abusive relationship, now they have knowledge. I was able to put the awareness out there that it could be your cousin, your mother, your uncle, mm. sister, and you won't even know. And I let it be known that they may have, may be sitting next to someone that is actually going through it. Wow. They won't even know. And it just, it just, I can see in their faces, it clicks. Like, wow, I can actually be sitting by a survivor or someone that is going through something and not even know it. And that was the message that I wanted to deliver that day. And I think that I was able to deliver that. And that's amazing. Like amazing. I'm, I'm so happy that you that you did that. I mean, because yeah. it's yeah. you know it, we often see the the after effects and how hard it is, you know, for men and women who are who are going through domestic violence. We see, you know, the the shelter, you know, kind of situation. We see the tears. We see you know the the brokenness we see you know the the heartache of it but for you to kind of <clears throat> not only bring it to light but also bring some kind of uh positivity to it to kind of let people know that you, mm-hmm. you're not alone and you know and you know have this event that is you know uh what's the word I'm looking for that just it just brings the it just brings the light I think yeah. it's so important to let people know that you don't necessarily have to be able to be gone through right. domestic violence mm-hmm. to support anybody who's gone through domestic exactly. violence right and like we had the discussion last time I was on it's, it's it was so important and I was telling Brittany to listen because sometimes yeah. it's like we don't want to be criticized. We, that's that's the that's where we're embarrassed about to express it to someone and hear what they have to yeah. say. So we keep it within ourselves. Yeah. But it's such a relief to have someone that we can actually vent to and talk to and not be criticized or the question why like why did you say you know why are you there? Yeah. And 
it, it's so important to just be able to listen. And that's with anything. Mm. Sometimes when we go through things, even Brittany, congratulations on two years of being married. But in a relationship, we have to learn to just zip and listen. Yeah. And receive the message opposed to always being offensive and just trying to defend ourselves just to sit back and listen. Right. That's good. Marissa, can you talk about your emotions before your event, during your event, and then tell us how you felt after the <laughs> event? So again, preparing for the event, I didn't want it to be a depressing event. I wanted to be a resourceful event. Um, so I contacted a lot of people within my county. I counted the Prince William County Police, the uh, mm. Chief of Police, the Deputy. Well, actually it was a sergeant that there was a incident here that took place in Woodbridge and he was the one that responded to that 911 call and he lost his partner to that one mm. call. The guy has shot and oh my gosh. instantly killed his partner. Wow. So I wanted him to speak on that opposite side of the door um, as a law enforcement. Um, I wanted to get the right people to speak at the event again because it was a message that I wanted to bring, an awareness. I didn't want it to be a depressing event. Um, but through it all, I was, I was constantly praying. I'm like, God, you know, just anoint the event that the information that we need is given and people are able to receive it and throughout the event you kind of learn how to read people you know who has been abused and who hasn't because Uh certain words may trigger them and feel their body you can see their body language so even though half of the people I didn't know I stood in the front where the podium was in a corner just to observe everybody, just to look. And I can see, that's why I said, you may be sitting next to someone that's going through something because there were certain words that were being said and you can see how their body language is moving, their face expression. Okay, she's been through something. She's been through something. Mm. We finally got our break. I went directly to those people. I'm like, are you okay? You know, are you able to, she's like, well, I have to step out. And I'm like, well, I'm glad you're back, you know, because we're here to support each other. And I was able after the event to get numbers so I can keep in touch with them and say, you know, I'm here for you. You know, if you need resources, please reach out. Let me know. I'm always here to listen or, you know, let's go out to lunch. Um, So I gained new friends at the event um and again a lot of information was given out uh food banks also was given information for that was given out vouchers were given out um for beddings for you know if they need beddings or whatever it it just turned out really amazing and i thank god for that because it's that that's what i was aiming for a resourceful event and that's what they got they left with resources and pamphlets and they left with good information that I wish I had when I was going through what I was going through. And that's what I wanted to bring. That's awesome. That is so important. That's awesome, yeah. man. I'm I'm proud of you. Like, yeah. without question, for you to put all of that on by yourself. Right. Um, 
I know that was a, I know that was a daunting task in and <laughs> yes. of itself. And then you had to get up there, and then you still had to pour even more mm-hmm. of yourself, and you know, into others who, you know, hopefully they walked away with some, you know, powerful right. message, and you know, and you know, they're working towards either getting out of their uh, situation or even more energized to help someone else in their situation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, thinking back, Charles, when we had the sexual assault forum. Um, That was meant to be super informative and it was meant to really shed light on what exactly was sexual, what exactly is sexual assault. Um, Because, you know, people think that it's just black and white when there are so many other layers to it. And I remember in planning for, you know, going to meet with the people at Turnaround and um, just setting up the date, then having to postpone the date, and just in my mind being like, oh my gosh, I hope people come, and you know, just a lot of buzz around it, and then Maritza, we have the event, and it's just me and Charles and Darian. Right. And it's like, what was so frustrating to me is that when it comes to informing people about things that matter, um, things that are so prevalent to our society. And it was right around the time of like the Bill Cosby um, incident. Mm-hmm. Like just, mm-hmm. it, it was fresh. Right. And just talking about what is consent and just, you know, delving into things that I think people really needed to hear and not having the response that we wanted was very disheartening. Because I'm thinking, do people not care? Do people I, not I, I, know? Do people don't care? It's like the for my event, that was my concern. I was like, oh God, like everybody was texting me. Well, this is gonna be so depressing. This is gonna be so, you know, and I'm like, it's a resource event. Exactly. And it you don't well, I don't, you know, I one text was like, I don't hit women. Okay, but you don't know if your sister is being hit. You don't know if your auntie's being hit. You don't know the mm-hmm emotional abuse of it you can be living with a family member that may be going through it and you're not aware but at least you'll have the information exactly and i think that's what a lot of people don't get to have the information is knowledge because you never know who may be going through something and you have that knowledge yeah and domestic violence is so layered like your friend that sent you a text i don't hit women it's more than just physical right you could be emotionally abusing somebody and you don't even know it you could be the source of terror for someone and you don't even know it so and even even another layer to that his it's more of i don't want to say it's a denial on his part but it's definitely a, a deaf ear to you know anybody else who may be hitting women it could be a couple of his friends who may hit women and he doesn't even know and this is the amazing part charles not to interrupt you but he has a daughter he attended Mm -hmm. my event why the next day he texts me and he was like i gotta commend you for an amazing event i have to come home and apologize to my daughter because at times I tell her, don't be like your mother. Mm. Mm. So he said, I realized that that is an emotional abuse. I said, you're right. He said, I was tearing my own daughter down. He, she's 10 years old. And every time she did a mistake, don't be like your mother. 
don't act like you're mm. So he said, I had to actually apologize when I got home the next day because the event, it finished a little late. But she's like, when I got home, I had to realize like, oh my God, I'm actually emotionally abusing my daughter without even realizing it. So he Can said, I had to sit quick. down with her and apologize. Can, and Can I like, real quick? Sorry, real quick. I just got to say, um, one thing about abuse that I realized that a lot of people don't even realize that they're being abusive. You know, mm-hmm. they can be they could grow up in a situation where, you know, uh, the parents are resentful against each other. And then you're realizing that your mom is turned against your dad or your, your dad's turned against your mom. As a, like you said, uh, the guy you was talking to. And, um, you know, abuse is definitely different layers, you know, uh, spiritual, emotional, financial. It's not just physical, you know, and until we open our eyes and realize what is abuse and then apply to our own life, abuse will keep going. It'll be a it'll, it'll be a generational thing. And you could be raised in an abusive situation and don't even realize it until you open your eyes or at least hear about it like your friend did. So, again, you see the, the miracles that you bring to other people. Right. Right. Like that, that was, that was powerful. That's a powerful testimony, mm-hmm. you know, yes. for, for that person yes. to, you know, be in denial of his own, you know, like, you know, in, in just thinking two dimensional with his thought process. And then you opened his mind up to a third and fourth dimension. Mm-hmm. And not only that, like his, his restitution and his restoration of his relationship with his daughter because she's she was on a path to kind of take that onto her adulthood and and like Darius was just saying perpetuating generational curses over and over and over again and he would have just been still stuck in the mindset well I don't hit women so I'm not abusive yep like that's that's a powerful testimony I'm glad he attended. Like, part of me sees it as a happy ending. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, he almost missed out by being defensive and saying, I don't hit women. Yeah. But, you know, his willingness to push through and to attend this event, I commend him. Yeah. Right. Without there question. are so many people that automatically assume this doesn't apply to me, so I'm not going to go as opposed to supporting, if anything, people could have just gone because you invited them out of support. Mm-hmm. And then even being present in the moment, they can learn something. Right. You know, just being present in the moment for anything, putting this out there, PSA, outside of parties, outside of any fun social gatherings, learn, learn something. Right. Um, it may not be super fun to you, but if somebody is inviting you out to learn, it's for your betterment attend support what's the worst that can happen nothing so just just support please i I get it i get it because i I feel like the event that we tried to put on britney was it's still a bit of a sore spot you know what i'm saying for me very sore spot um you know because you know we had a few quite a few people who were interested in it but like none of them showed which was like and we rescheduled for a group of people. We rescheduled for a group. <laughs> and to bring in outside resources. And the information was so valuable. I Even mm. I learned something. 
yeah. um, about consent. And I'm like, yeah. oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it, it, it just goes to show kind of like where our mindset is. It's like we have this fake outrage about situations. We're quick to post something or, you know, chime in via social media, you know what I'm saying? And you'd be like, you know, they're quick to say, I'm here for you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But here for you is empty and, and soulless. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So you like you never know what blessings or what information or what yeah. wisdom that you're gonna get from certain situations like your event Maritza like I think that was just I, I still I am just in awe like I'm sad that I couldn't go <laughs> hey we have next year yeah I'm and I'm there I we would are, love we would love to partner with you yes we are there I would love to partner with you definitely but I'm here because I want to hear somebody's story Yes. <laughs> and you guys, Ooh. before we even get into the story, this Let's is my own it. husband. Let's get into the meat and potatoes. I I don't even know this story in full detail, which shows when it comes to domestic violence, th- there's a face to it. It's assumed that it is a man physically hitting a woman. That's mm-hmm. the stigma. That's the, the stereotype of that's all that domestic violence Stereo- is. Yeah. And then can stereotype, yes. But guess what? It there comes a time when you can have domestic violence with a woman against a man. Men can be victims of domestic violence as well. And so this evening we're going to hear a story from my husband. This is my first time hearing it as well. And before we get into it, being transparent, my husband had to come into the room this morning and he said, you know, because he watched the show that we did earlier this month, last night. He just wanted to watch it again, just to hear Maritza, hear her story. He wanted to look up some stats and he said, babe, I'm triggered. I just need to lay down. And I had to hold my husband for a little bit because it was it was triggering to him. So honey, thank you for sharing your story. It's very brave of you. And I I am all ears. We are all ears. I want to ask one question. Do you would you like a solo layout or would you still like us to be here? Oh no, no, no. I need y'all, you know, I want y'all, I want to see some I want to see some faces. We got you. Yeah. We got you. We got you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's not you know, you don't you don't, you, don't, you know, you guys can interject and whatnot, you know. It's not just me talking for 45 minutes, nothing like that. But uh but yeah, so um I watched our show because I wanted to build off of what Marissa was saying and Marissa thank you so much for, for coming on the show and uh you know telling your story because you know a lot of people don't do that you know and like I was telling Charles you know you don't really see too many men coming out saying that you know and uh you know with us it is you know you don't want to look like a punk you don't want to look like you're weak nothing like that and you know when I did my research this morning you know, a lot of what I saw for men says that, uh, you know, a lot of men get abused. You know, I mean, there's men that get raped, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm blown away by that. But, you know, abuse is abuse. OK, that's just flat out that, you know. And um, first off, I would just say for all men, do not ignore the red flags. OK, uh, 
when you see some things when somebody, you know, whether you're dating a woman or you're dating a man, you know, look at it for what it is. Don't try to make it something small or we sweep it under the rug because those are signs. Okay. So with me, before I met my beautiful wife that's above me, I was in a two and a half year relationship that was verbally abusive. Uh, and then it ended physically abusive. And, um, you know, it, whew, it was tough. So when I had met this particular woman, I mean, on paper, she looked great. Okay. I thought that I was going to have the life I have with Brittany, <laughs> with this person. All right. You know, college graduate. Uh, you know, she seemed like she had driving life and everything. And she was a makeup artist but she was extremely pretty like oh my gosh like how do i pull this one right here you know so um uh you know it's and, and she met me at the time when i was going through some stuff so you know she was kind of my inspiration to you know get through what i need to get through and um you know have this life with this woman uh <laughs> the first red flag was she had uh gotten to an argument with I think she had gotten to an argument with a relative and then she just kind of moved into a room and then uh, she had given up her kids to their father. Now, that's not necessarily a red flag, I would say, but to me it was kind of interesting because I've never seen a woman just kind of give up her kids like that. I mean, I have a family member that went through that, you know, and even then, like, their relationship was strained, but thankfully now their relationship is getting, is building. You know, it's going, it's going the right direction. So, uh, <laughs> but it get worse because she had to move into my house. She had to move in because she couldn't afford the room because she had to get a lawyer because she was getting taken down for uh, child abuse. Okay. Now, I don't know this woman. I'm still getting to know her and everything. But I'm looking at the situation like, that's, that's not a normal thing. You know, like, but let me give her the benefit of the doubt. Because I'd never seen her with her kids. So uh, we went, you know, she went to court and all that other stuff. And uh, <laughs> when we got her kids, uh, she, yeah, I'm not going to say abusive, but I was like, whoa, like, calm down. Like, why are you so mad at this boy? She has boys. So that was like the red flag there. And then uh, as we should progress, I saw how she was with her ex-husband on the phone. Like they would call about the, the kids' schedules and stuff like that. And she was super antagonizing to this man. I mean, you know, call, talking about his wife and, you know, calling her a fat whore and all this other stuff. And, I mean, it was just for the sake of pissing him off. And I remember being in the car with her, looking at her like, I don't i'm looking at her like why are you even talking to this man like this and he he's responding calmly like stop talking about my wife like this you know he's not cussing her out he's not cussing at her at all and she's going back saying oh what are you gonna do what are you gonna do and i, <laughs> I remember thinking to myself like oh she don't think she's gonna talk to me like that like no so you know that was the other red flag and then we argued a lot like we argued a lot you know uh, 
and, it, and this is when I started really seeing the relationship where <laughs> we had an argument about chicken skin. Okay, I was y'all know I like to cook, so I'm trying to cook some uh, jerk chicken, and the argument was always start off out of like just a disagreement. You know, like I can't even explain why we were arguing so much, but um. I had wanted to cook some chicken. I wanted to cook some jerk chicken, and I wanted to try it without the skin one day. So, you know, she was like, "No, you got to put the skin on." So I was like, "All right, well, look, let me do half without the skin, the other half with the skin on it." And then next thing I know, she's you know <laughs> accusing me of not listening to her. Oh, if my aunt would have said something, I'd be listening to her, and she has you know she has no value in my life and whatnot. And I'm trying to understand where all this mess is coming from. When I'm just trying to make a suggestion, I'm even compromising, you know? <sighs> so that night, that particular argument gets extremely bad. Okay, this was like the worst argument out of all of them. And uh, I remember putting on my jacket and, you know, saying, I, I, I gotta go. A lot of times I would leave the house so I can cool off. So um, I tend to leave the house. And she was staying with and, you, right? Yeah, she was staying with me. She was living in my apartment. So, so the, the background of the situation was I was the main one paying the bills and she had a problem going to work. So she even got fired towards the end of our relationship. But anyway, so this particular night, I put my jacket on and I'm going, and I'm heading out to leave the apartment. She barricades the door. Like mm. she stands in front of the door and continues to yell at me. So, you know, a man only has so much he can deal with, all right? And I have to, you know, flat out say, I don't understand why some women who is with the man that they know is not gonna hit him, try to push his buttons to the point where he wants to hit her, all right? Mm -hmm. So, I'm from down south, all right? I'm from a family that don't play that, okay? If I put my hands on Britney, my family will fuck me up. Like, oh, um, my family will mess me up. All right. So they don't play that at all. And, and my family love Britney. So I don't even want to tell them we have an argument because they'll be on her side. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I just remember feeling that, you know, she's really trying to push me at this point. So we had birds at the time. And I'm going to punch in a bird cage. And it broke apart, the birds fell out, whatnot. She's ducking and whatnot from the birds, but whatever, she would not leave the door. And I'm trying to get out the house and she's grabbing on me and everything. So I just went ahead and, and, and went to the uh to the uh the balcony. I remember I was on the second floor. So I'm on the balcony, I called a friend of mine, I'm like, yo, this this chick is literally kidnapping me in my house, you know, and you know. If you're in a house with somebody that's constantly yelling at you and you're pissed off and you're trying to calm down, but this person is constantly yelling at you, you're going to get to the point where you're going to do some violence. So I remember I locked myself in the room. I locked myself in the guest bathroom, guest bedroom, and I called her mother. And she kept saying, you know, please leave the house. I said, like, I can't because your daughter is barricading the front door. All right. So because I had stayed in the bedroom, I was able to cool off. And then she cooled off and everything. And <laughs> the next morning, I'm getting ready for work. 
And um, I had this feeling, I, I feel like my grandma talks to me, you know, she talks to me in different ways. I had a feeling that I'm going to end up going to jail. Like, I saw myself literally going to jail staying with this girl. So I told her flat out, I'm going to go to jail if I stay with you. You know, I don't know if I can be with you anymore because I'm going to lose my career. I don't want to be Ike Turner and you're pushing me to be something that I'm not. She went all crazy. Just, I mean, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I push, I push everyone away. Please don't leave me and all this. You know, and I'm like, I don't understand why you can't let me leave if we're having an argument. So, you know, she gives me the whole, I promise, I'm not promise, I'm not going to do that no more. I'm going to let you leave, leave you alone and whatnot. So, needless to say, that never, that never happened. Okay. Uh, the next argument we had, I would be in the living room and she would be in the bedroom. She'll come out. She'll be mumbling shit, you know, talking loud enough for me to hear her talking about me. So, at this point, I don't even want, I didn't even want to be home. Okay. At work, we had, uh, we organized and we had like different projects to do. And I'm not lying when I say I used to be at work for 12 hours. Okay. I already had like use, lose, leave. I'm working all kinds of credit hours and whatnot. And I mean, I would get home, I would leave and go to work at six. And I would come home around seven o'clock. All right. Cause I didn't want to go home. And I didn't realize that home was not home to me. Okay. If a man don't have peace at home, where's he going to have peace at? So, um, <laughs> another argument we had, she, uh, basically called me ugly. Like my mom thinks you're ugly whatnot you know we're supposed to go visit her mother she's like oh well you know my mother said that i'm sure he's nice to you but he's not very nice looking so of course that hits that that triggers me like okay well i'm thinking fuck your mother i don't need to go see her so i had stayed over my cousin's house that night slept on his couch pulled my phone up and canceled my airplane tickets that to her house that, that, that christmas so uh <laughs> did her mother really say that I honestly have no idea. Her mother really? is her mother is the sweetest woman I have ever met. Like one of the sweetest women I've met. Yeah. She, I, I, I don't even understand how somebody so evil came from someone that was that sweet, you know. Really? So uh, I came home and then I told her, you know, what I did. I said I canceled my tickets. Like I'm going to take the money and go to Miami. Cheat myself to a, to a trip to Miami. Of course, she's like. No, we need you there. I don't understand why you even did. I didn't think you was gonna actually do it. Um, I told you I was gonna do it, you know. So she ended up buying the tickets and uh, you know, get me back on the same flight. We went to her mother's house. So um, you know, I, <laughs> it's so many arguments that we had. I don't even, I can't even go through them all of them. But can you speak uh, to the physical abuse, Derry? So yeah, so at the end of the relationship. I remember this day like it was yesterday. I had went to church, okay? Came home. Now, she didn't go to church with me. She never went to church with me, which was another red flag. Uh, I came home and uh, looking at getting a different car. So I was going through a DUI at the time. I had to blow and go in my car. Like, I got tired of blowing and go. I'm frustrated, okay? Cause I got to deal with this. And I dealt with it, you know, financially. And you know, uh, you know, doing everything I'm supposed to have done. So, of course, she's like, "No, you can't buy another car. You gotta use the car that you have the blow go." 
And I'm like, look, I'm going to just go see about it, whatever. And next thing I know, mm-hmm. it's a whole nother argument. Like, we're arguing. Like, I don't understand why we're arguing again. So she starts throwing stuff at me. Okay. <laughs> next thing I know, like, she's throwing stuff. She's throwing clothes at me and hit me in my face. And next thing I know, pow, my lip is busted. Okay. Like, she threw something at my face and busted my lip. All I see, and at this point, I see blood come out my mouth, right? I go to the bathroom, and I'm spitting out blood in the sink. And she's by, you know, of course, I close the bathroom door. She's on the other side of the bathroom door screaming, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And <laughs> um, mm. I was like, my, that's what my grandma told me, leave the house. Just leave the house, all right? So I walked past her, went and threw some clothes on, grabbed my keys and left the house. All right. I took a picture of my face. I still got the picture of my lip and whatnot. <laughs> I remember uh, calling her mother and telling her mother what she did. And of course, her mom was like, please, Darius, leave the house. So I left the house. I was already, you know, already left. I was in the car. So I'm going to go see, I'm like, you know, I went to my homeboy house, whatever, right? And of course, she's like, "What the fuck happened to you?" I'm like, "This crazy, this crazy chick just busted my lip." And then I just started bawling, man. Mm. Like I just, I could not stop crying, man, because I was, I realized I was in a situation that I don't know how to get out of. Mm. This person went from being my world to being my nightmare. Okay, and. Going back to the show that you guys did uh, two weeks ago, when you was talking about women moving, women leaving, you know, yeah, women can pack their stuff up and leave the house. But what if it's your house? Mm. Like I can't leave. Like all oh, this is my this is my place. I have to I have to live here, you know. Right. And um, I remember telling my brother, I don't know what to do. I, I don't know what to do at this point, you know. And then she had called me. And ask me if I called the police on her. And I said no, which I still regret. I'm not gonna lie to you. I was about I was to ask really that. Regret. I don't know how I was really about to ask that. That is like, the one thing I regret because people don't learn unless consequences come. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she said, you know, did you call the police? I said no. She said, Are you sure? Because they're outside our window right now. And I remember just saying no and just hanging up. <laughs> Again, this is more concerned about getting police involvement than if you're okay. Exactly. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Got it. So wow. after about another hour or two, you know, I'm just going driving around Baltimore, or whatever. Uh, I come back to the house and uh, I go in the bedroom. I think she was in the kitchen, or whatever. So she comes into the bedroom and just nonchalantly tossed me a rag with some some ice in it like oh this is for your lip and walks out the damn room and i'm just thinking to myself like you don't realize <laughs> like you just physically abused me you know so anyway that night we went to sleep and i woke up at two in the morning grabbed my laptop and left i went to my mother's house in virginia and I stayed there. This is around 4th of July. So I spent on 4th of July there. I sent her no message. 
I said nothing to her. I didn't wake her. I literally quietly fucking left because I said, I kept saying to her, I said, one day you're going to wake up and I'm not there. So I made sure that I left. So of course, when I get to my mother's house, everyone is like freaking out because my mother don't know that what I was going through. She don't realize that her son was in an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay. So of course, so my mom is... You never told family, you never told friends while you were going through this two and a half year relationship. Wow. I kept it to myself, you know? And she tried to drive wedges through everybody in my life, between my mom and myself, my -hmm. family, my friends, you know? And again, abuse is abuse. Abusive people wanna control you, wanna control who you're around, they wanna isolate you. And if this is an abusive person that has no friends, she don't want you to have any friends either. Okay. Mm. So uh <laughs> I'm gonna jump back a little bit. We went mm. to a, a couple's therapist, okay, a couple's therapy one time, and the therapist that we used literally did not like her. Like we would bring up situations that we was going through that she put me through, and she had literally no answer for it. For example, one night uh, she was tired. I think she was work. Well, she used to work uh, three, uh, about a good thing hour and a half from here. So she was tired. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm like, you know, this is a Friday night. I'm like, go ahead, and get some sleep, okay? And I call my boys, and I'm out with my friend. Now, Britain know how I'm with my friends. Charles, you know how you know. <laughs> I know you at the time, but you know how we get together. All right, we gonna have a good time. You know, I'm gonna get home to my lady. So I'm getting frantic phone calls after an hour or so me leaving. You know, she's getting mad because I'm out with my friends. Yeah, uh uh-huh. Now mind you, she's supposed to be asleep. Like you're tired, get some sleep. All right. (laughs) So she's like, Oh, I couldn't sleep because you wasn't taking your ass to Abby and leave me alone. Right. (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) Am I supposed to stay in a house? Because you don't want to go anywhere? Hell no. Go no. Anyway, when I brought it to, of course, we bring up to the therapist, you know, she has no answers. So the therapist is like, okay, so why did you do that? What was the purpose of you doing it? And she's like, well, I was just scared something's going to happen to him. Well, I've been living in Baltimore since 94. Oh, sorry, since 92. I can't handle myself. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you know, so Charles, you know how it feels as a man. You've been working all week. Okay, you come home and deal at home. Sometimes you want to break. You want to kick back with your boys, have a cigar, have a beer. You know, mm-hmm. let me be, be me for a minute. You know, mm-hmm. sorry, you don't have any friends. I, I think so. <laughs> it got know? nothing to do with me, baby. Right. <laughs> but but, but at the, at the, before I left, the deal was you get some sleep and relax. And I'm going to come home and, you know, we'll spend the rest of the weekend together. So yeah, she's she trying to put wedges between me and everybody. Like I, I did not feel like a free man at all. And when the relationship started deteriorating, it got so bad where I was looking at her like, why am I with you? Like, how can I get with you? Like, you know, all the women in Baltimore, I get with this this abusive woman here. All yeah. the all the so, um, attractiveness went away. Yes. Yeah. Like, yes. Oh man. Right. I mean, I she all of the attractiveness away. is completely gone. All right. Well, we know how the story ends, obviously. So 
he yes. is no longer you're no longer with the woman. Um, tell us the final day. Tell us about the breakup and how you got away. All right. So again, um, <laughs> I'm in my aunt's house with my mother, and my mother is like saying stuff to her and whatnot. And I'm like, Mom, leave her alone. Don't say nothing to her. I have to go back to this house. I don't know what I'm coming back home to. Mm. So on my way home, I stopped past the police station. And I said, I think I need to make a report. I told them the situation. I, my, my girlfriend physically abused me. But at the time, it was like three days ago. All right. And your lip heals fast. So of course, he sees like the bruises and whatnot. But I showed him a picture of the, you know, of, of the picture of the actual incident. And he told me that, uh, you know, you have to make a report on when it happens, basically. But he still took the report down and gave me a report like, number and everything okay and yeah you know it, it was so but i want to do that just in case i was coming home to more abuse all right so i come home and her bags were already packed up and you know uh she was in the bedroom and she was like i'm so sorry you know uh I, it really was an accident. I didn't mean to, to bust your lip. So, <laughs> on Facebook, I had posted what she did. Okay, on a on a post that she put that she put out, so everybody saw it. So she heard my sisters. My sisters posted guns. Both of my sisters are security guards. They posted <laughs> guns. Yes, sir. I mean, what? females what? on my side was like, "Let me see this chick." Okay, like, like it's over. You know, so um, I actually kind of regret doing that because it vilified her, but it showed everyone who she was. Okay, like this is who she was, and this is what she does to people. So, um, I'm gonna get home, and she's apologizing and whatnot. She's like, "Well, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and go." I said, "You know, okay." So we had a plan to get her back to her. Take her back to her mama's house in Georgia. All right. So uh, he took her back to her mother's house. Wait, whoa, whoa, time out. Time out. Yes. Did what? Yes. And you drove so, her to Georgia. This part I was yes. like, mm-hmm. So um, so I took Damn. off work. Uh, I took off work and whatnot, and she had rented a U-Haul truck. I remember it was raining that day. It's like, and she had called. She had called some movers whatever to grab her bag and I helped her took her the, the the bedroom set she had apart and took my took my mattress off that bitch. So um the U-Haul truck is, is packed and everything and she's frantically crying saying oh my God you know it's, it's just freaking me out because when I first came to Maryland it was it, it was raining and now I'm going back and it's raining and I'm driving by myself and whatnot. And I said you know what I'll ride with you. I'll drive with you. And of course, we take the long drive to Georgia with her. Uh, in her hours, bro. That's 10 hours, bro, with your abuser. So how did you get back? So, so her mom bought me tickets to uh uh what's that thing? The um the the mega bus. I ended up taking a mega bus back that her mom got tickets for. And it's then like um four hours to get yeah, back. Yeah, it took a while. I mean I mean, that's the least the mom could do. But I, I mean, in Darius' defense, I'm thinking like, how can I, I'm getting my abuser out of my house. 
yes. whole happy day. I will do yes. what is necessary. Because I, the last mm-hmm. thing I need is for her to be frantic, crying, saying, I can't drive in the rain. I'm going to stay. No, we're getting you out of here. So if you're scared yeah. to drive yes. in the rain, guess what? I will help you. You you, you are going to your help. mama's house. So <laughs> so, I, I get it. I get it. In, in situations, so, um, mm-hmm. they, it wasn't as drastic as yours. But when you want somebody out of your space, you will do whatever it takes. Right. That's it. That's your will. Oh, okay. Okay. So I remember I came home. Well, for one, we slept in separate beds from that that point on. I slept in the guest bedroom. She slept in, in our bedroom. And uh, I remember uh, <laughs> just thinking what you said, babe. Like, you know, let me just get her home. Let me not start any more, con- you know, no, no arguments. Everything. Okay. That's what you need. All right. Here you go. So, were you scared of her? No, I wasn't scared of her. I was scared of myself around her because she brings the worst out of me. Mm-hmm. She brings the mm-hmm. worst out of me. So she at, tested. At any I'm sorry, point, what? At any point, I think the point when you said she was at the door, she was not allowing you to leave. She was barricading the door. At any point, did you see your life like flash? Like, I'm, I'm just. Just imagining, as you're speaking, I'm, ima- I'm imagining the incident. At mm-hmm. any point, did you feel like, did your life just flash in front of your head? Like, I'm going to knock her out and I'm going to be in jail. Like, did you actually- That's what happened the very next morning. Like, I'm about to punch her out, get her out the door. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you're mm-hmm. going to see yourself. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Oh, oh no. come back, come back. Okay, there you go. To backtrack a little bit. So- my God. When like, the incident was happening, flash in front of your face. I mean, no, no, that no. That happened to me, no. like specifically that. <laughs> because when you're angry, you you know mm-hmm. some people. Yes. You know when you're angry, yes. some people just block, and then when they come to, they're like, "Oh." Oh, she's going on. Oh my goodness! Oh my God! No, no, no. I I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, Marissa. Um. So when it happened, I kept getting angrier and angrier so every argument we had it just got worse and worse and it would it would never be a okay we're we're mad let's stop it was instantly more antagonizing antagonizing like i said she was blocking the door and yelling at me instead of saying you know can you just stay home just stay here whatever no she's yelling at me some more so Mm. i didn't go i didn't go postal okay um i was fully conscious the whole way i just i was just trying to get out the house and i was trying to get away from her okay Mm -hmm. the next morning i had exactly what you said like that's i don't know i don't know grandmother talking to me it was god talking to me but i said i'm going to end up going to jail staying with her because when you continue to argue with somebody and you see antagonizing, antagonizing, antagonizing a man that does not put his hands on women, he's going to knock you the fuck out. Okay, mm-hmm. just flat out, he's going to knock you out. Now, I'm the bad guy. I'm going to jail. I may lose my career. You know, no, no, I don't want it for myself. Right. So, you know, I said, say, some people bring the worst out of you. And I feel like, that's what she tried to do. She tried to bring the worst out of me, like yeah. make me a person I wasn't, you know. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. So, uh, 
after, well, getting her home, we had to take her stuff home and she still had stuff there and, and her car was there for us. So she went to an event that was in Atlanta and then came back, I think two days later. And then, you know, we packed her car up and she drove off. So I remember the heartbreak that I had. It was the most, I mean, it was the most painful thing I I felt at that moment. You know, I remember seeing her drive off and saying to myself, this is my last time ever seeing her. And this is somebody I was with for almost three years, for two and a half years. And I mean, I could not stop crying. I came back to the apartment. It was half empty, you know, and I was like, oh my God, like, it's really over, you know? Mm-hmm. So I have, I still had love for her and it broke my heart to, to, to see her go. But, you know, the first couple of weeks, you know, I was with my friends, went to wine festivals and whatnot. And everybody was like, man, you know, call me if you need me and whatnot. I remember I, 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 the first week I kind of stay out the apartment as much as I could because it was just, you know, it, it, it was just, it was triggering, you know? Yeah. How long, how long before you met me after this breakup? So this breakup was July, I want to say July 10th, maybe. And we met in October. So one of the things I did after the breakup was I changed my prayer. I asked God to get me ready for my wife. Amen. Stop praying for a wife. I said, God, get me ready for my wife. Amen. What I went through had to be a lesson. I had that had to be a lesson to get me ready for my wife. It was it was a lesson for sure. But Derry, honestly, I don't think you were ready when you met me. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. You know, I was still scarred, you know, and bringing baggage. So I'm gonna get into gonna get into the, the other side. The, the the bridge called Brittany, okay? <laughs> so, when me and Britt met, you know, uh, I was talking to a, a mutual friend. I was talking to a friend. So, uh... Condense it, bro. Condense it. Condense it. We're running short on time. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I want to give, so I wanna I give to a friend of mine. Talking to a friend of mine that, 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 that was friends with my ex at the time. And I remember telling her that, you know, I met Brittany and whatnot. And, you know, she's a great girl, but I don't know if I'm ready for a relationship. So she was like, you know, I don't know, maybe take it, take, take it slow. Cause I said, if I if I don't pursue her, I may lose her. So he was. me and Britt, you know, we go ahead and get together and everything. And, um, you know, relationship is going. And I realized that I'm very argumentative. Like, Rick came over one day and we had, I mean, I argued with her over something dumb Yeah. because I was so used to being in that space. Right. So, so in the first few months, the first few months of Derry were very hard. Um, the trauma from his abusive relationship trickled over into our relationship and things that he should have been saying to her, he ended up saying to me. So like he was saying, arguments over little things. Yes. Little things. And I said, Derry, it was one argument and it was one argument too many. And I remember it was for his birthday and he was supposed to make a doctor's appointment and he's supposed to change that doctor's appointment. And he kept dragging his feet. And I think I may have called him like 
did you do it yet? And he exploded. And I remember pulling into a spot in my parking lot at work. And I said, let me tell you something, brother. I am not your ex. What you're saying to me and that anger you're giving to me, you should have gave to her. So if you're going to be about that anger life, you might want to call her back. And it was like night and day. It was like I mean, night and day. So I said that he he entered into our relationship too soon. But I, fi- I found that when I finally gave him that oomph, like, look, I'm not her. If you want her back, go. It was like night and day. Mm-hmm. So, um, of course, in, in months after that, there were still some remnants of anger, but we, we had to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. And then after we went, then he had to go by himself mm-hmm. for anger. And mm-hmm. it made the difference because if we did not have the intervention of therapy, I don't think we would have made it. I don't think we would have made it. Yeah. So I, mean, Maritza, I'm glad, I, I want to get your point, Maritza. Yeah. I'm glad he was willing to go to therapy and he acknowledged the fact like that, you know, he did pray for a woman and he had to make some changes in order to retrieve that woman that God was sending him. And couples therapy, I feel like it does help. I mean, I've never done couples therapy, but it, you know, if I, if God sends me my husband, <laughs> when, yeah. no, let me be praise those words. Wait, 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 wait. When my husband comes, you know, yeah. like I send him that if. When my husband yeah. comes, I know I probably would need therapy because I do feel like I'm healed. But when you're in a relationship, you have to compromise and you have to give that independency up a little bit. And when you're alone for so long, you do things your way, how you do it, come and go when you want to come, when you want to go. So you have to learn something. Mm -hmm. So it's for him to be open to therapy. I commend him for that. Yeah, I commend him for that. And I commend you for being patient with him. And being, you know what, we need, you know, I want you in my life, so we got to go to therapy. This is how it's going to work. Yeah, Maritza, yeah. you want to know my tactic, my my strategy? I started off with, let us go. But deep down, I said, he needs it more than I do. But if this is the only way. I feel, I really felt like that was the only way I was going to get him to go if I made it a we statement. But I've already been to therapy with the relationship. Kind of like how ours was going right he was argumentative my ex had so many issues from his past relationship hopping into a new one way too soon so it was like the same rodeo same song same dance Mm -hmm. so i had all the tools and the homework that i did with my first therapist bringing it into my next relationship so it's like okay i know what i'm doing is not wrong i know but you know i remember the therapist saying instead of being accusatory and doing a lot of this make it an inclusive statement we because you're working as a partnership and i found that when i said i think we need to go to therapy um he soft the the blow was softened right but then midway through she was like i need to see him by himself and i was like i know (laughs) (laughs) i know (laughs) so i would say yes Brittany. uh therapy didn't help a lot i did i did need therapy um one of the things that I know I need therapy with is with my father. Mm-hmm. And the thing that abusive people do is they know your triggers and then they use them to abuse you. So 
<sighs> my ex told me that, oh, you should go to therapy about your father. And then when we have an argument, she would talk about my father. So I was just like, right. I don't understand. Like, you want me to get help for something that you're abusing? But What were the comments that she said about your father during the argument? Oh, man. So That's why your father's dead. He died of HIV and, you know, just... Now, her father's dead, too. But I'm not going to go there. Like, right, exactly. why would you talk yeah. about anyone's father? Again, if I go back about the things that, that, that I went through, if I, go in, if I go into full detail, we will be here all night. Okay, yeah. I know Charles got to be respectful of time, so I condense that, condense everything. So can, Matt, but, um, can I ask you a question? Because um, yes. I don't personally know Brittany. Um, it's the second time seeing her. Um, she gives out good vibes. I mean, yes. I love her vibe and her energy. I love yours. So, um, in in your own words, from your past experience and being in a marriage now, like you're in your in your second year anniversary, what do you see that you did right in making her your wife? Like, um, what was the qualities that she had that you knew? She's the one. Brittany is very family. Because you said you based it on look. You said your ex, she was pretty, she had this, yeah. she had that. So Brittany's beautiful. Yes. But besides the look, nah. what did she have that was you knew like, you know, she's the one? Brittany is genuine. She's family oriented. She loves the people that's around her. And the people that's around her love her. You know. It says a lot when someone has a circle that rocks with them, okay? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Brittany, sometimes she don't, sometimes she thinks I'm the social butterfly, but she's a social butterfly, you know? And um, <laughs> when we met, <laughs> when we met, uh, we had lunch together that day. I remember when I first saw her, my eyes, I was like, oh, she's beautiful. And I'm like, oh, she's very short. And uh, uh, we had one of the best conversations. You know, so, you know, at that time I was dating for about three months and I got ghosted by one girl, met one girl that was for paper play. And I was like, oh, my God, what is that? Paper play is paper play. Yeah, we have um, Y'all need to go back and rewatch that. Episode yeah. Last season. <laughs> couple of co- yeah, that was a good show, too. I mean, woo. but anyway, um, <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> You know, and I kept meeting younger girls for some reason. Like I was 39 at the time, and I was meeting girls like 25 and 27 or whatnot. So Brittany was in her 30s, so she was the only one in her 30s I met. But I remember sitting there talking, and she was just a breath of fresh air. I didn't have to force conversation out of her. I didn't feel like, oh, I'm going out to eat with this girl that just want to just get a free meal, nothing like that. And um. We talked about a lot of intimate things on our first date. So like, you knew you wanted to marry me on the first date? I knew you was I knew you was quality on the first date. There you go. I knew you was serious quality. Okay. So like I said, I had talked to a friend of mine. I said, I met this girl, she's amazing, but I'm not ready for it. But if I don't snatch her up, someone else is going to. Mm. So Amen. that's how that's why I, I, I entered this thing and you know gotta I wasn't ready. A, you gotta take her off the field, brother. When did you know you were gonna <laughs> marry me though? When did you know? What qualities made you wanna marry me and when did you know? Um 
quite well, you know, when we went to so I so yeah. stopping around December. So of course it was around that time. But I think well, what made you my, want to take me ring shopping though? Well, I, I made the I, I made the decision to take you ring shopping. Once I met your family, you know, you had a great family. Um you love me through a lot, you know, and my life changed. Okay. My life did a 180 when I met Brittany. When we first met, you know, I was dealing with the, the DUI, I had the blow and go, I had court dates and had to pay for a lawyer. And I was in a spot that I'd never been in. Okay. And then once Brittany entered my life, I mean, when I say I was, my life just skyrocketed. I mean, and, and not necessarily saying material stuff, it's just the peace that I had, the love that I had, the support that I had in a woman when I met Brittany. It was like, this is what it's supposed to be, you know? And um, yeah, so that's what made me say, yeah, I'm gonna marry her. It, it, it's not one thing, it's a few things that came, right. that, that came together and it was real. Like it wasn't fake. It wasn't just because we just met. You know, she didn't like take off her mask and became somebody else. Like she's genuine. She Who genuine. she is is how she is. And, when and family, like meeting her Please. family also probably just made just topped everything off. The fact that she was family oriented. You see how her family yes. is. It's yes. just like, okay, this is somewhere where I want to be. Yes. Mm. And, and when it comes down to family, like, you know, my family loves her. Like the moment I brought her uh, to my aunt's house, like they just fell in love with her. My mom loves her, you know, and that's a, a, a extremely uh, a, a, a requirement for me to be with you because I'm close with my mother, you know. Me and her mother, you know, her mom is is uh, she has a tough exterior, okay, but when you get to know her and she know you, she is the funniest person. I love her. <laughs> You I know what's it. funny? So Derry shared a story tonight about how his ex's mom called him ugly, quote unquote, supposedly. Mm. So my mom made a joke because we had a portrait blown up and she's like, oh, that's ugly. And so mm. this is, mind you, this is like in the beginning of our relationship and he does, Derry doesn't know her sense of humor. So while she thinks it's funny, we both don't laugh. And that was a very mm-hmm. awkward moment. And so once Derry, you know, went home, I said, mother, what was that? And she was like, you know, I was just joking. I'm like, but that, that really is not a funny joke when you're talking about, you know, somebody being ugly. Like that's right. not funny. So, you know, that's my job to intervene and stand up for not only myself, but my boyfriend at the time. Right. So I, I didn't want to start, uh, an unhealthy relationship where disrespect is allowed. It's not. Right. And the same thing would have happened if Derry made a joke towards my mom that was that could have been seen as offensive. Like respect goes both ways. And exactly. I'm just I'm not good on disrespect. You're not gonna disrespect my spouse and you're not gonna disrespect my mother. So that's something that I nipped in the bud. Like physical abuse, emotional abuse, verbal abuse, no abuse is tolerated um in this house. And with who I love, so um, it's just you know interesting that you you said that about your ex's mom, and that for my mom to say the same thing, but there's a different outcome. Yeah. 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 So you know, uh, your therapist helps 
a lot. But what I want to honestly say is most of the therapy I've had was is being with Brittany. You know, she's taught me that everything's not a fight. You know, she taught me that you can love somebody and disagree with them. You know, and, and I realized that I surrounded myself with love in a in a in a, in a place that was triggering. I remember I came home with the cats, okay, and uh, my my cousin had a litter of cats, and I came home with two cats, and uh, I put them in the bathroom, and then I couldn't wait to get Brit. My cousin was like, "You getting these two cats because your girlfriend?" Huh? I said, "Yeah, basically." <laughs> so I uh, went and got Brittany, brought her to the house, and so I got a surprise for you. And I went in the bathroom and grabbed one of the cats. I can't remember which one I grabbed first. But I grabbed one of them and brought it to her. She's like, oh my God. And they were kittens. They were only a month and that was only like a month and a few mm-hmm. weeks. So they were really, really small. They like, hold them like this. So she grabs one, you know, she holds it. Oh my God. And I said, hold up. I got one more. So I went, grabbed the other one and whatnot. And then we took a picture of them, picture with them and everything. And our cats are so loving. Okay. They are just loving. So Britt took a lot of pictures of me with them as kittens. And I have a few pictures of them like laying on me, you know, both of them are in my arms and stuff. So, you know, I realized that, wow, I you know after that abuse, years of abuse, I surrounded myself with love, you know? In that same space. In the same space. And I never you know? realized until today. I, I keep forgetting that she lived there before I got there. Yes. Yes. I never, so, I mean, it never, I never felt like, I never felt remnants of her when I would go over there. Because, you know, there are some people that won't live in a house right. that the spouse moved up. I never felt that way. I never, th- it was like she never existed. There was no trace of her. I think yeah. the only time I may have felt like, oh, someone lived here is when we were moving into the house and we were cleaning out some things from the apartment and I saw some of her mail and I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Maritza, like, so with with hearing Darius's story, um, how common is his story? Is it un it, or is it uncommon? Or like, so how how does yeah how does that correlate to you know other men who may have gone through something similar? And like, what are there resources out there to help them to to get? The help that they need and i know that's a lot of questions it's not there is no difference between the information i provided last time and like the 24 7 hotline number to domestic violence it's the same number it's just a, it's just the fact that it's harder for men to come out and speak on it like i commend him for you going to the police station i'm sure that they're probably looking at him like, okay, we'll do a police report, but like, did you really come in that she, you know, is not mm. taken as serious as if I would have gone in with a bus to live. Exactly. Even if it was three days later, I'm sure they would have done something more than to just take a wow. police report. You know, mm. it's not common mm. for a man to walk in and say, she busted my lip. And the fact that he had proof because it did probably heal, you know, in three times in a three day period. So he had the actual picture, but it's not going to be taken as serious as if I was to go in with a busted lip. Exactly. 
you know and that's and again that's a matter of fixing the system because that's just how a system is unfortunately mm-hmm. but it's just the same resources that women have the men have them it may not be as many locations as safe the safe havens that i was speaking about mm-hmm. last time mm-hmm. it's not as many for men but, but i think i think that that comes because most men don't speak out about it. Speak about it. You exactly. know, mm. we think that it makes us look weak. It makes us look like a punk and whatnot. And you know, when you're in a situation that's in your household that you cannot escape, like you need help. Right. You know, and when I was at my friend's house and I started crying, that's when I realized what I was in. Like I realized that oh my god, I'm in a abusive relationship wow. with somebody that lives in my place in your place yeah yeah so yeah, that's that's heavy. That yeah. Is heavy. yeah marissa yeah. were there men at your event besides the one yeah that you heard about they were mm-hmm. oh. and i think they all came they out with the same message as to the, the the emotional abuse that they put women through you know because it, again it's that you say domestic violence people think physical but mm. it's not physical clearly right you were in a emotional mental mm-hmm. so you mm-hmm. would you know you had the other layers of domestic violence you were mentally abused you were uh emotionally abused and mm-hmm. like you said you took it to you know you knew you wasn't ready for another relationship but you didn't want to miss out on a good woman so now she had to deal with the emotional and yeah. mental abuse that you was bringing yeah. in without realizing that your effect was affecting her your what you've yeah. been through your trauma was affecting her mm-hmm. and it was becoming a trauma for her right so pain will continue but you guys basically stopped it went for counseling um and individually can and counseling individually to better yourself which you yeah. broke that cycle so you have a better understanding so when you guys you know um, have your family growing you can mm-hmm. honestly step back and be like handle things differently yeah because you've and, been in a situation and one thing i want i love thought i meant to say was one of the things that I used to hear was, why can't you just let me love you? You know, and I realized that abusive people they they try to manipulate try to uh, manipulate you uh, manipulate yeah, exactly manipulate you where the abuse is love. You know, I don't understand why you just don't let me love you like I should, and (laughs) you know. Uh, again, I'll put my head down. Yeah. <laughs> Charles, again, you know what? Do we need? Do I, we have time for you to tell your story? No. Charles, like he needs. Charles, like he needs his own story. Next segment. <laughs> we might have to spend domestic violence awareness month, <laughs> and next week we're going to have our very own co-host on the show. Charles may need. A, he may need a, 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 a bed, a, a, a couch to lay on, and I need a, I need a couch. <laughs> do you see how much it affects people? Like how domestic violence affects the layers of it. Like yes. when you start talking about it, you're like, yeah, I probably was emotionally abused. I probably was mentally abused. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, abuse is abuse, but abuse has so many different layers. Exactly. And then 
you know, it don't matter if it's coming from a man or a woman. The abuse is still the same. Exactly. You know, so, you know, I, I, I say for men to step up, step up and, and tell your story. Because me and Britt went to a wine festival and I saw, I know a girl that uh, was in like a group that she was in. And I asked her, I said, hey, you know, do you talk to, to, to my ex? She was like, no, nah. like she found the face of the earth. And she said, well, I, you know, I saw the whole thing with your pictures and whatnot. He's like, she's like I didn't realize she was that abusive. Oh, my God. But you need, to, you need to tell everyone because, you know, people don't know how, people don't know what other people go through and whatnot. So, you know, I, I say that again for men to start stepping up because domestic violence abuse month is focused towards the women because men don't tell their story. Oh, yeah. You have Lifetime movie channel that have a movie like The Burning Bed and like Enough, we all talked about last week, you know, where you have all these movies and all these characters where the, the men is the abuser, you know, and I mean, it may sell, sell some tickets, may be profitable and whatnot, and no man want to look weak, but it takes strength for you to sit here and tell your story. It takes strength to sit here and be vulnerable and being truthful about the situation you're in. I regret not calling the police on her because she could turn around and do the same thing to another man. And the 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 the, the abuse is real. Come on, me way different. Yeah. Yes. You know, and, and uh. And now he's going know, to jail for doing something yeah. to her, and she was the antagonist. Exactly. Right. You know what? What it, it needs Courtney to. Taylor. It, it needs to. Uh, ass need to stay in jail. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, I feel away. It needs to be corrected. You know, like the same thing we say about about mental health. All right, you know, since COVID, everyone's been talking about mental health and how important it is. You know, it's important for everyone to get everything off their mind. You know, if you go through an abusive situation, such as like I did. And then you meet a young woman like Britney, and then you're bringing in this abuse. Yeah, you're not mentally healthy. Oh yeah, it's hard. Okay? It's hard to stop. It's hard to kind of get out of it because you're looking. Wow. You 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 have been so used to having this trauma, and then getting mm -hmm. love bombed, and then you get trauma, and then you get yes. love bombed, and then and it's like mm -hmm. you don't know. That becomes where your life going. Mm -hmm. So it's like yeah. when someone brings you genuine love, you looking like. <laughs> so you wait for the argument. You right. wait for the argument to come. Wait for it. Is that and, then, and that's and that's kind of where we get into the self sabotage mode because you yes. already have this feeling like the shoes get ready to drop. So let me go ahead yeah. and start it. And that's exactly how. Yes, Charles. Yes, mm -hmm. that's how Derry was at times. I can count on probably in our five years together, I can probably count on one hand the number of like true arguments that we had. And I think what made him so upset in those arguments is that he was used to the the argument being up here at a 10 mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, toxicity, the volume, mm -hmm. the tone, the content, just being just super abusive. But for me, how I'm talking to you all right now is the tone that I had in the argument, and it got on his nerves badly. <laughs> he thought I was being antagonistic. And I'm like, no. Like, why, why are you not angry? Why are you not yelling? Why are you not angry? Like, do you not care? 
What you mean? Because I mean, I mean, dog, you be and I'm hold super up, I'm over here, daddy, like, because I be chill. I'm right? Like, so are you being like, smart? And I'm like, no. Like, no I'm just I'm not, not the type to. I don't need to raise my voice because mm-hmm. the content of what I'm saying to you is going to be lost in my tone. Mm-hmm. So I really want you to concentrate on my words. <laughs> and I find that if I approach you in this calm manner, then you'll get it. Mm-hmm. Brittany, I'm, I'm, I just learned something from you because I ain't like, I ain't that calm. <laughs> That's that well, you know, I'm, I'm about to be like, <laughs> I'm going to be talking to people. So what I'm going to say to you right now is to Yes. It's most, you can say that. Just it's say it in a calm manner. It's so effective that way. Because I think, you know, with passion, when you feel a certain way about something, your your tone changes. And if you're anger, then your tone's gonna reflect anger. Well, that's and like they course, say, like you could you can it's the delivery. Yeah, but not necessarily the message. same wording, but the delivery mm-hmm. is more of a calm delivery. Yes. You'd be mm-hmm. surprised how the delivery will make a difference. And how receptive people are to what you have to say. 100%. Like, even a couple of weeks ago, Derry said something, and his tone was terrible. And I'm like, uh-uh, nope. Mm-hmm. Now, was I in the wrong? Yes. But it was the tone of what he said. So right. maybe like an hour or two later, he's like, babe, can I ask you something? Sure. Was it my tone or was it what I said? I said, Derry, it was your tone. Mm-hmm. Like, if you could have heard how you said it, even you would have been offended at how you said it. Right. So it's the delivery. It's the tone. It's the delivery. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I, I always take the time to think what come out to me and Brittany because, you know, I may be doing something that I don't realize I'm doing. I may have remnants of, you know, past relationships, whatever that. I might be trying to. They may try to sneak up on me, whatever. And you know, I, I learned that it's it's good to check in on your partner. You know, so I. Definitely, you know, just check in. Just hey, you know, are you happy? Am I doing things right? Is there anything I need to, you know, um, improve and whatnot? You know, because you can't be one sided in a relationship. It can't just be about you. And well, I was right in this situation. No, no, no. Like you know, let what I need to improve on and what you need to improve on that. You know, and that's just meeting the middle because right. you, right. you. It's not about you. A relationship is two. When we get married, they said you are now one. one. So my heart has to be clear, and Brittany's heart has to be clear. If my wife is not, uh, if she's losing sleep over something, then I need to lose sleep over the same damn thing. So that's how I look at you know with our marriage, and you know we gotta gotta nurture it. You know you gotta really be equally uh, yoked. Yes. yes, equally yoked. You know, so you know I, I try to make sure that I do that because I don't want to. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to slip back into mm. remnants of past and things like that, you know. Lord, I, I Lord. You gotta go, say that. Jesus, if I had to be okay. the same way that I was four years ago, five years ago, Lord. <laughs> no, seriously, no, like, seriously, but- like. Go back, and think about this go, back and look, go back and look at our old episodes and see how Ooh. yeah yeah let's not do that that's but yeah I, I think a lot of I people go through... I, was, I was fuck boy adjacent i was i was fuck boy adjacent i, I think a lot of people kind of go through uh, abuse that might not be as bad it might not you might not think it's affecting you 
you know, but you would go through something abusive, like, or abusive, well, not abusive, like, but abusive, and then you go into another relationship with that same baggage. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like baggage comes from some type of form of abuse. You know, whether it's mm. all of a sudden you're argumentative now, okay, because of wow, this baggage, that's good. you don't trust no one, you don't trust a woman because she cheated on you. You know, so I think in, in, in ways, a lot of us deal with some type of abuse. Like heartbreak is abuse, you know, like mm. you get traumatized mm. and then all of a sudden you're not right in the, in the mind and you need to, you can't function because now your your world is upside down, you know? So I mm. really believe that we have to check in. We have to be honest about where we, what, where we are, you know? Some people are in denial, like you said. Right. And even last week on the show, when y'all had uh, was on the topic of why are you staying, people are in denial. They don't realize the type of abuse they're dealing with, and they don't realize how bad it is. It took me seeing my own blood to say, "Oh, this got to end," you know. Right. Even though we argue maybe a million times, we argue so much. I honestly said. If we don't argue for two months, then maybe I'll go ring shopping. You know how pathetic that is? That is terrible for someone to think like that. You know? And of course it never happened. Can we argue any more? So, you know, anyway, you know, kind of jumping. Um, but kind I, of, could, uh, I could going left. You know, it, it I'm, I'm not going to say this in a good way. I commend you that busted lip got you Brittany. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. I like that. I may put that on a shirt. (laughs) Every domestic violence awareness month can wear that shirt. (laughs) That busted lip got him the beautiful brick. I'll make it for you, Brady. Don't make it. You know it's coming. You know it's coming. I like that. I like that. Oh, that was the first thing that popped in my head. I was like, I'm just adding humor to the, to the situation. <laughs> oh, but I thank you for going yes. counseling. Yes. I, I commend you guys for going counseling. And I commend you, Brittany, for actually realizing that there was a problem and you put yourself, you pushed yourself aside to do a we thing. Yeah. Like this, you know, we have to go to counseling, not we, you got the problem, you got yeah. the problem. And that so was I commend you for that. Yeah, and that was going to therapy prior to him in a right. different relationship had I not gone to therapy the first go around with that toxic relationship oh I I would have jumped ship Derry had one time with me for me I'm very um one and done um I don't believe in three strikes I just believe in one it's like <laughs> toodaloo and after that first argument I probably would have been gone had I not gone to therapy to get the tools to be patient and to work through things. So, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Well, thank you, Darius, so much for telling your story. We really yes. appreciate you so much. Oh, no being thank vulnerable, for being me. honest, and, you know, coming on. Uh, and, and like just like I said, uh, sharing your, your experience. And hopefully someone will hear this and uh, either get the help, like we always talk about, or mm-hmm. help someone else out of the situation. Uh, Maritza, I would love to get some uh, the information out to the people. Yes. Um, if you have any resource numbers, websites, what have you, uh, you know, 
Now it's the yeah. time. Please get that out to the people. So there is a 24 7. Um, I think I gave it last time. It's 1 800 799 English and Spanish speaking. You can also text um, at 877, I'm sorry, 88788 and text start. And that will link you up to a uh, 24-7 text hotline as well. And they're bilingual. Perfect. Marissa, you have to come back on the show outside of this month because A, I just love your talking voice. It's very soothing <laughs> and I really like it. Well, and you'll be able to catch her on her brand new podcast. I know. Like, oh. <laughs> I have you her guys face, you guys. invited to my podcast. Yes. And guys, right. if you're listening, her face is just as pretty as her voice. So I feel like our watchers, our viewers <laughs> get double the treat. So watch the show. Thank watch you. the playback. Thank you. Yes. And are you single? Very single. Fellas. Ready to mingle. No, I'm not ready to mingle. Let me. Never mind. So I'm going to take that back. I'm waiting for God to send my, you know, my She's single. Because Britt was getting ready to put you on. I'm going to say single. We're waiting for God. Okay. I'm praying. I changed my prayer. I'm listening to your husband. I'm listening to your husband. He changed his prayer. Okay. So I'm going to change my prayer tonight. Yes. That's it. She's just single and that's it. That's Don't it. try to get in her DMs. That's it. No. Unless, yeah. unless you are really, really, really. Unless you're serious. Unless if you're serious. not with it, then you need to quit. Because no. what you're I'll not going like, to do is, you're not going to mess up with my friend. I mean, yeah. going to match you. Charles, put some bass in your voice so they know it's real. So Sorry, Charles. Because I'm going to pull up on your ass. Huh? <laughs> Don't worry. I got a nine, too. I heard that. Oh, wow. wow. My wife, my wife is okay. the biggest matchmaker. I will guarantee. I mean, she every almost every show, she's trying to hook somebody up. I love that about her. Took up trouble I mean, because he's taken. So. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. It, was every, it, was every, it was an every week thing with me. Yeah, man. Yeah, if you want a man that opens doors for you, if you want a man that's genuine. I did Keep find in. I did find Keep creative in. ways to, to put him out there. <laughs> I'm really creative. I'm really a lyrical genius. Thanks for putting that out, Darren. Wow. <laughs> hey, but it worked. It worked. Thanks, Somebody man. said I'm snatching their brother up. It comes deep. Right, boy. Well, thank y'all one and all. I know. Y'all are probably my two favorite co-hosts. I must <laughs> put that out there. Um, Anthony, your your job is over. Oh, oh, real fast, y'all, real fast. So I didn't do a whole lot of research, but the research I found this morning, um, some websites for men to go to that's been abused is oh. one called Mankind Interactive. And it gives you domestic abuse information for both, but it's geared towards men. And the second one is a website called Help God. And it's basically... It's basically geared towards men, so it starts off with help for men who are being abused. Mm -hmm. So we have there are different websites for men, all right, that gives you information, phone numbers to call, and uh, you know one of them was actually sharing stories that men have had posted about their their relationship, and 
I read one of them and oh my god, it, it was it was oh my god. So it's uh it, they're out there, you know. Don't be scared to to reach out, you know. Look for them, search for them. I mean, I feel like men for that they need to be anonymous, but I mean, whatever gets you out there, do it. Okay. So what I'm gonna need my two visiting professors to do is send all of those links and phone numbers to our DMs. We're gonna create a post and we're gonna put that on our pages, both yeah. all of our pages actually. And you know, we're gonna get somebody to help that they need. So we appreciate y'all so much. Y'all have been listening and watching Den University here on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Anchor, everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. We love y'all so much. Thank y'all for rocking with us. Uh, we'll be back next week with a bomb ass topic. And that's it. Love y'all. Good night. Love you guys. Love you, love you, love you, love you, love you both. Thank you so much again. Thank you. Bye.